After committing highway robbery in the Locked On NFL mock draft for the New Orleans Saints, I get the start of a draft class that could rival 2017. We got all of that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints. You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget you can uh, subscribe and follow for free on YouTube wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a daily episode. And as always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert credential member of the media, senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. You can catch me Tuesdays on Locked on NFL and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at HelloFresh. Skip that grocery store line and instead count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why HelloFresh is the number one meal kit across America. So go to HelloFresh.com slash NFL60 and use promo code NFL60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Go check them out today. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, we'll go over who the New Orleans Saints met with during their top 30 visit period as we get into Less than a week now from the NFL draft. Ooh, we're almost there. I'm so excited. We'll take a look at a potential perfect day three fit for the New Orleans Saints, or let's call it late day two, early day three. But either way, a potential perfect fit for them in the secondary of all places. But first, I committed highway robbery, and I'm doing this show before the popo come and get me because I absolutely shiced it, uh, Matt Derry, over on Locked On Lions. I love you, Matt, but man. Goodness gracious, did I enjoy doing our Locked On NFL Mock Draft special, which you can find all six episodes over on Locked On NFL Draft today. But I did something because this wasn't a predictive mock draft. This is what would we do as general managers with this draft? And I've said over and over again on this show that the meat of this draft in terms of the bulk of the talent is in the second and third rounds. Maybe you can go into the fourth round. And so I love the idea of trading back out of the first round, which was a first round pick that you know, in in this scenario, me acting as a general manager, I ain't have this first round pick in the first place. And so for me to be able to take that first round pick at 29 and turn it into two additional second round picks at 48 and 55 in a trade with the Detroit Lions, I said, here you go, Detroit, Dan Campbell, Aaron Glenn, like y'all just have a black Mark Brunel. Like we, we got history. We, we friends. We friends. You can have 29. Let me let me go ahead and get 48. Let me go ahead and get 50, 55 about you and I'll take care of these. And then so I end up in that situation with 40, 55, 48, 71, and 115, which I didn't do for this particular four-round mock draft, but I would probably take 115 and 145 and then try to move back into the top 100 with, you know, the Washington Commanders or the, I can get to 100 with the Las Vegas Raiders, for instance, stuff like that. So at pick 40, in our simulation, I was still able to grab Mozzie Smith, which is who I wanted at 29, but now I walk away, and instead of just having 29, I get Mozzie Smith, I get another pick at 45, uh, or 48, and then I get another pick at 55. So let's discuss what I do 
with the rest of the sort of earlier picks in this mock draft. So Mozzie Smith at 40. That's huge for me. I'm glad I was still able to get him there. Um, if I wasn't able to get him there, I probably would have gone guard like Steve Avila out of TCU or something, uh, something to that effect, you know, still getting one of the big guys there. Because then at 48, I was able to turn around. And in this particular mock draft, Jameer Gibbs was still available. So I grabbed Jameer Gibbs at 48. I got down to 55, Isaiah Foskey, still available. So I took Isaiah Foskey, the defensive end, long length, or not lanky, but like long lengthy um, in traitsy defensive end out of Notre Dame. And then I was able to turn around at 71, grab Tajay Spears. And then at 115, although I chose not to wait around for this one, I could have traded up for like a tackle guard convert out of ODU like Nick Saldaveri, but I waited at 115 and I took Andrew Voorhees. Now, if I wanted to go, oh, I'm sorry, I mixed up. I mixed up pick 71. That's that's in the second draft. Uh, pick 71 was Cedric Tillman, the wide receiver out of uh, out of Tennessee. So I really loved getting Mozzie Smith, really loved getting Jameer Gibbs, Isaiah Foskey, Cedric Tillman, and Andrew Voorhees. Those were my five with the first run that I did with those, let's call them top 115 selections. Now, I did a second one of these because I was like, ah, Cedric Tillman at 71 feels like a bit of a stretch. Uh, so like, let's not let, and, and even Jameer Gibbs at 48 felt like a little bit of a stretch, right? So let's, let's run it again and see what I'm able to walk away with. Maybe something a little bit more realistic. So I did the same thing again at pick 40, still able to get Mozzie Smith. Very happy about that. So I grabbed him at pick 40, pick 48. There was no Jameer Gibbs on the board as I had expected. So instead I went with Isaiah Foskey there. So I get the Tracy edge rusher to pair up with my dominant interior defensive lineman at 48. I don't mind doing that. We're talking six picks before I took him in the previous draft. So I, I don't feel like this is much of a stretch. At 55, I went with Cedric Tillman, which feels a lot more realistic, right? Like that feels a lot more like where you would have to grab him. Jalen Hyatt probably, look, Jalen Hyatt, the smaller of the two Tennessee wide receivers. And I did a show on these two Tennessee wide receivers a couple of Thursdays ago and one of our, our Thursday draft prospect breakdowns and spotlights. And I really like Cedric Tillman more than I like Jalen Hyatt as a fit for the Saints and what they need right now. But Jalen Hyatt's also extremely talented. Jalen Hyatt's getting like, some first round buzz, some early second round buzz. So Cedric Tillman being there toward the end of the second round makes a little bit more sense. So I go Mozzie Smith, Isaiah Foskey, Cedric Tillman. So that gives me those three second round picks. Those are all guys that can have an immediate impact in 2023. At pick 71, I grabbed Tajay Spears. And then at pick 115, I'm still able to grab Andrew Voorhees. Now, Andrew Voorhees, I want to mention, he's the offensive lineman, interior offensive lineman from USC down in Southern California. My thing with him is that he does have a little bit of an injury concern, injury history, things like that, but I don't really need him to be a, you know, 200, 300 snap guy in 2023. He's mostly going to be able to rest and sit and learn and work and do everything that he needs to do to continue to develop at the next level. And then really I'm drafting him in the fourth round for 2024 more than anything else. Now you have to imagine there's going to be injuries on the offensive line for the New Orleans Saints. That's just kind of the way that the cookie has crumbled here recently in New Orleans, but also offensive line injuries or offensive line injuries across the NFL. And so having somebody like Andrew Voorhees that I could potentially have as a backup to the backup because I can put James Hurst wherever I want to put him, I'm fine with that as well for 2023. So maybe there's a chance that Andrew Voorhees gets some snaps in as a, you know, a, a jumbo guy or something like that. But for the most part, I'm drafting him to become the starter in 2024, working with him, get him, Doug Marone and Jari Evans together, continue to build up his game, and then give him time to fully recover, feel the healthiest that he's felt in a while starting that 2024 season. 
being able to grab Tajay Spears at 71 is looking more and more realistic for the New Orleans Saints. I don't know if they go that route, but it's looking more and more like Tajay Spears could be on the board around that time. Uh, But then just being able to start off this draft at picks 40 and 48 with Mozzie Smith and Isaiah Foskey, absolutely insane for me. And so, uh, you know, look, I started Mozzie, I started with Mozzie Smith in each of these mocks because that's who I took in the Locked On mock. If you want to see what happened around the rest of the Locked On mock draft, you can find it over at Locked On NFL Draft on video, or you can find it on audio over there as well. Uh, And you'll also get a bonus day episode here on Locked On Saints that has my day two, like outside of day one pick. So you can catch both of those uh, as well. So, I mean, uh, this was highway robbery for me. And I I should probably end this uh, now before the police bust down my door and then I get in trouble for robbing Matt Derry. But highway robbery for the New Orleans Saints. I still think trading down is what I would do, but I know that the New Orleans Saints are very unlikely to do that. We're going to do a predictive mock draft, pretty much my one and only, uh, for the the actual draft on Monday, on our mock draft Monday. So we'll get predictive in terms of what we think the Saints will do on Monday. But today, this is a little bit more about what I would do if I were the general manager. Trade back, build up assets, get more picks, where the draft is at its strongest, and get guys that are going to immediately make you better in 2023. I can do that with Mozzie Smith, Isaiah Foskey, Cedric Tillman, and Tajay Spears, while also having the sort of foresight for a guy like Andrew Voorhees, and still have four picks left in this draft so that I could trade up, move around, and maybe find some more impact players toward day three as well. And speaking of those day three impact players, I want to start off our In Case You Missed It segment with a specific visit, Jartavius Martin, Quan Martin of Illinois, and why he could be a perfect fit for the New Orleans Saints, even if we think defensive backfield isn't that much of a need at this point. Got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. And something exciting is coming tomorrow over at Built.com, April 22nd. I don't know all the details yet, but the excitement is real and it's continuing to build up. And so it's something you definitely don't want to miss. If you know how Built works, you know that they have the most incredible protein bars in the world and they come with some of the most amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quantities. It's another reason why you don't want to miss out on this big announcement on April 22nd tomorrow. So mark your calendars and head over to Built.com on Saturday, April 22nd to see if you can be one of the first to discover what the hype is all about. I'm hoping that it's some kind of like coffee, you know, based or coffee centric bar or something like that. Or maybe they're just outlining a whole new product line. We'll see. Maybe a redesign. I don't know. It's going to be a lot of fun though, whatever it is. So I can't wait to see what this new flavor is or whatever it might be. So make sure you use that promo code LOCKEDON15 so you can get 15% off of your order at Built.com tomorrow, April 22nd for the big news. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks as always. Make Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. For all you everydayers out there, don't miss the Locked on NFL Mock Draft Special 2023 over at Locked on NFL Draft. And of course, make sure you come back on Monday for our predictive mock draft. What do we think the Saints will do in this year's draft? We got that coming up for you on Monday. Today, though, it's Friday. In case you missed it, our weekly segment here, getting you ready and making sure you know everything you need to know around the New Orleans Saints from the week ahead. We're kind of splitting this up into two segments today because I really want to focus on one specific visit that the New Orleans Saints have had. And then in the next segment, we'll look at all of the visits 
that they've had that are those top 30 visits. So you have those names and you know them going into the NFL draft in less than a week. So let's kick it off with a potential perfect fit for the New Orleans Saints in day three. And it's at a position that maybe many don't think the Saints would necessarily delve into. Might be a little bit of a surprise, and that's the defensive backfield. We saw the Saints load up in the defensive backfield here over the course of the of the offseason. They brought in Ugo Amadi, the 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 strong or the yeah, the strong safety kind of box safety slot specialist, special teamer that was formerly with the uh, Seattle Seahawks, played his collegiate days at UConn, comes in a little bit undersized though, five foot nine, but over 200 pounds. He's a big hitter, all those things. You like what he brings in terms of tenacity, but does he have the stature to hold up um, You know, in the New Orleans Saints defense, which usually focuses on bigger, longer guys. O- on top of that and matching that trend, you look at guys like Alani Anderson, as well as Jonathan Abram, two other safeties or defensive backs more appropriately, particularly for Lonnie Johnson, that come in. Um, Jonathan Abram is a heat-seeking missile box safety type that can also play a split safety role. You want him closer to the line of scrimmage than further from the line of scrimmage, which you like all the things that he can do anyway. Lonnie Johnson, on the other hand, a little bit more of a versatile piece. He kind of replaces PJ Williams, who hasn't returned so far this offseason, and I don't think will return this offseason. So if that's the case, Lonnie Johnson becomes your versatile piece that can play in the slot, that can play safety, that can play corner. Ask him to do it, and he'll be able to do it. Box, deep coverage, whatever. And so I, I, I dig all of that, but do the Saints have a bona fide immediate replacement for Tyra Matthew or an immediate replacement for Marcus May, who remember still has a, an outstanding DUI case, even though his other case, the alleged road rage case here in, or that was actually in Jefferson Parish, even though that got thrown out, he still has the potential to face up to a three game suspension you would expect for that DUI that was all the way back like two Februarys ago. So with that being the case, like safety could still be a spot that the Saints Look at and remember the Saints thought they were really, really deep in the secondary last year, and that led to them trading away CJ Gardner Johnson, one of their best players over the defensive side. And then what happened? Their starting five in terms of corners and safeties collaboratively never played a single snap together in 2022. So much for being deep. Now the Saints still won games. The Saints were still the number two pass defense in the NFL. So clearly something worked out. And I think the thing that mostly worked out for them was Alante Taylor. But they got good play from other players as well, for certain. They got great play from Tyron Matthew, even though his season started a little bit more slowly than fans had expected. So I look at a guy that can come in and potentially play a split safety role, but that can also play down in the box, can also play down in the slot that gives you somebody that fits kind of the same way or the same mold as Marcus May, but with a lot more athleticism and a bit younger as well. And that is Illinois free safety, but we'll call him defensive back for the for the purpose of this conversation, Jartavius. Quan Martin. You'll see both of those names, Jartavius Martin or Quan Martin, same guy. The Saints brought him in for a top 30 visit during the top 30 period. So expresses at least shares a little bit of interest in terms of what he can do. Uh, 148 total solo tackles, 225 combined over the course of his career, 10 and a half of those for a loss, one sack, seven interceptions in 22 passes defense, along with three forced fumbles and two fumbles recovered. The big numbers to highlight here, 10 and a half tackles for a loss. That's pretty nice, especially if you're a guy that's playing in the slot or playing in the box on a safety role in college. And then seven interceptions as well as 22 passes defense. This guy has ball skills. And that's one of the things that I think the Saints, who barely out-intercepted C.J. Garner-Johnson as a team last year, could absolutely use more of is ball skills, creating turnovers, things like that. Now let's look at the athletic traits. Five foot eleven, one hundred ninety-four pounds puts him right in that sort of, um, puts him right in that uh, range of the prototype for the Saints when it comes to defensive back, particularly safety more than corner. 
4-4-6 40-yard dash, great splits in the 10 and 20, 44-inch vertical leap, as well as an 11-foot, 1-inch broad jump. So the explosive metrics there are important ones. And the reason why I point those explosive metrics out, in addition to the speed of running that 4-4-6, excuse me, 4-4-6, not 4-4-8, is that if he's playing a box role or a safety role and he's asked to squat in coverage somewhere, let's say in a zone or something like that, and then he has to make a break towards the ball, those explosive metrics of a 44-inch vertical leap and an 11-foot, 1-inch broad jump means that he can get off of a stationary spot in a hurry and has the speed to be able to carry him and allow him to be able to make up ground, to make a play on the ball. Seven interceptions, 22 passes defense. Those things don't happen by accident. Those things happen because when a ball is near Jartavius Martin, he's ready to make a play on it. And that's something that I think the Saints could actually benefit from having, particularly when it comes to depth and, of course, future when it comes to the safety position. Because who, how much longer is Tyron Matthew going to play? How much longer is Marcus May going to be a New Orleans Saint? We don't have the answer to those questions. I also realize the irony of me questioning Ugo Amadi's ability inter- to, to have the stature to play in the New Orleans Saints defense at his size, but Tyron Matthew being like the same size. I get it. But Tyron Matthew built different, built different. And I think Jartavius Martin has a little bit of that built different in him as well. He's not the big hitter per se but he is the coverage guy that can create some turnovers, that can break up some passes, all of that. So I do think that that's a name to watch out for in the midst of all these top 30 visits and in the midst of the, the defensive tackles and the defensive ends and the, the, the offensive tackles that the Saints brought in and you know the bigger names that they've looked at, the quarterbacks and like Dorian Thompson Robinson and all that. I, I think that one of the things that I really, really want to highlight here is Jartavius Quan Martin, because he could be the guy that is a perfect fit for what the New Orleans Saints are actually looking for when it comes to late day two, early day three, even just as a special team or running 4-4 down the field and being that explosive, you'll take that for sure. And so if, if what you're looking for are the athletes, and if you're trusting your board over position of need in day three, you might have already addressed your positions of need in day one and day two, depending upon how they handle things. And so if a guy like Quan Martin is there at one 15 is there at 145 or is there in the 120s and they trade up to go and get them. I would not be very surprised by that move at all. A couple other day two, early day three guys that I really like, of course, City So of uh, Eastern Michigan, uh, and then also uh, Carl Brooks of Bowling Green. Carl Brooks of Bowling Green is another, uh, he was classified as an edge rusher at Bowling Green. I think he'll be more of a defensive tackle in the NFL but he was another one of the top 30 visits. So let's get you caught up with the top 30 visits that you need to know, as well as make sure you get all the names of the top 30 visits that the Saints had so far this offseason. we got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it. Who that Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with the top 30 visits that you need to know from the New Orleans Saints top 30 visit period going into the NFL draft in less than one week. Oh my goodness, we are so close, so close to the NFL draft, and I cannot wait. So let's break down some of the big names that you need to know that the Saints have already met with so far this offseason. So I am using here for reference, because I want to shout him out, good friend John Sigler, at John underscore Sigler, S-I-G-L-E-R-R, on Twitter, get the extra R in there. Because he does a great job tracking stuff in terms of, you know, top 30 visits and 
uh, you know, trackers and, and, and RAS scores and all these other things. He, he's one of the best when it comes to uh, his ability to just like have all of the information. Of course, he and I used to work together over at USA Today Saints Wire. So love to give him a shout out here on the show. Um, John put together the list of the 16 top 30 visits that the Saints used going into the NFL draft. Now, the interesting thing with him or with, with this is that, that I highlight those numbers. You get 30 of those visits. They only use 16. So that should tell you a little bit of something in terms of how, um, uh, let's just say economical and how precise they were with those visits. Now, remember, top 30 visits in terms of inviting, inviting a prospect to your facility to visit with you, spend time, work, um, you know, get, get, in, get a look, closer look, get medical examinations, things like that. That's very different than a private workout or going to a prospect. So for instance, you look at guys like Zach Charbonnet and Dorian Thompson Robinson that aren't going to be on this list because they weren't top 30 visits. They didn't bring them here to New Orleans. They went and visited them, visited with them at UCLA's Pro Day. So those are different, different conditions. So let's just discuss first the day one players that you need to know. Defensive end, Miles Murphy out of Clemson, Ohio statewide receiver, Jackson Smith in Jigba, Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback out of Penn State, and then Tennessee offensive tackle Darnell Wright. Those are the four maybe top day one. Those are the four like top guys. Uh, out of these, I have first round grades on Jackson Smith and Jigba and Miles Murphy. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. and Darnell Wright, I have late day one, early day two type grades on, but Miles Murphy, Jackson Smith, and Jigba are very clear day one, round one prospects for me. So when I look at those two, I think, look, if Miles Murphy is on the is on the 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 board or whatever at pick twenty nine, uh, the Saints are going to sprint to to the the draft board to get him. They're going to absolutely run as fast as they can to get there. Miles Murphy comes in with a nine seven one RAS score. He comes in at six foot four, nearly six foot five, two hundred and seventy pounds, twenty four bench or twenty five bench reps. Excuse me. Four five three forty yard dash. Let me let me let me just rewind that, run that back like Missy Elliott for a second. Four uh, six foot four, nearly six foot five, uh, two hundred sixty eight pounds, nearly two hundred seventy pounds, running a four five three, absolutely insane. So if you're looking for a speed rusher off the edge, but that also has size, Miles Murphy makes a ton of sense. So I do like what a guy like Miles Murphy could potentially bring to the New Orleans Saints if he's available at twenty nine, or potentially I could see the Saints you know, doing what they do and potentially trading up for a guy like that as well. Jackson Smith and Jigba, on the other hand, um, you know, I, I've spoken already about how fantastic I think it would be to have Chris Olave, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Michael Thomas, Rashid Shahid, and Brian Edwards as your five going into 2023 for Derek Carr. I think that just gives you unprecedented uh, uh, ability and, 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 you know, weaponry over on the offensive side, in addition to whatever you can add in the backfield as well. Joey Porter Jr., Darnell Wright, interesting spots. I don't know if the Saints need to go early for a corner. Uh, it wasn't just Joey Porter Jr. that they showed some interest in. They also spent a little bit of time over this offseason with Deontay Banks out of Maryland, although that wasn't a top 30 visit and everything. So they've they've looked at corner. They putzed that around a little bit, but I don't see them necessarily going uh, early uh, for a corner. And then Darnell Wright, look, I mean, uh, I guess that's one of those situations where you trust your board. And so if, if Darnell Wright is your top prospect that's available at 29, expect the Saints to take him. But I don't know that that's a position you need to rush into really um, paying too much attention to. Um, John has now late day one, early day two prospects. I'm only going to name a couple of these because only two of them really make sense for New Orleans. Uh, well, I'll name all of them, but we'll really only break down two. Uh, Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee, Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee, that's your wide receiver and quarterback there. 
left tackle Jalen Duncan out of Maryland, as well as Devin Akane, the uh, explosive running back out of Texas A&M. Your two really good fits here are Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver out of Tennessee, speedy, burner, really good mental processor, good pre-snap wide receiver, good good job communicating with quarterbacks, all the things that you really love about a wide receiver. He's got all that and would be a good fit. He's a little bit more of a speed guy than maybe what the New Orleans Saints need, which might be a little bit more of Jalen Hyatt's teammate, uh, Cedric Tillman, who's the bigger bodied guy. But in either case, if, if, if that's a player that the Saints like, that's a player that the Saints like. And if he's available at the right spot, then he's available at the right spot. Devin Akane might be a little bit too undersized for the New Orleans Saints, but hey, who knows? Like I'm a big fan of Jameer Gibbs too. So who knows, right? Maybe not. And so, you know, running back is is a spot that you could absolutely expect the New Orleans Saints to uh, take a look at just to get ahead a little bit here and, and weed some of these names out. A couple of other running backs that they met with, Dwayne McBride, Kendra Miller, both a little bit bigger. Uh, Kendra Miller gives you more in the receiving game than Dwayne McBride does, but Dwayne McBride gives you a powerful runner that you can utilize. So lots of good stuff in terms of running back there. Uh, Hendon Hooker is a big maybe if he's there at 40 or 71, then I can see it, but I don't think you run that risk at, at 29 at this point. Uh, Jalen Duncan, same thing as I mentioned with Darnell Wright. If the grade is there and he's there at the right time, then sure, that way you have a backup in case Trevor Pinning's not healing up well or Ryan Ramchek if you're getting concerned about his uh, injury list, things like that. Dwayne McBride and Kendra Miller were kind of in that day two, early day three category, along with Jatavius Quan Martin, who we just discussed. The other guy in there is Carl Brooks of Bowling Green, who we also just discussed. So I feel pretty good about us having covered those four prospects there. So we'll get to the late round guys to wrap this up. Clayton Toon, the quarterback out of Houston. Rakeem Jarrett, a wide receiver out of Maryland. Jason Taylor, the second, the safety out of Oklahoma State. And then Corey Trice, the cornerback out of Purdue. Out of them, probably the one that stands out the most to me is Jason Taylor, the safety out of Oklahoma State. Uh, he comes in with a, let me see, I have a, a, a RAS score here, 8.91. Uh, so he comes in with a respectable grade when it comes to what it is that he um, did in the you know combine and pro days and all those other things. But I think the thing that really kind of you know uh, stands out about him, four pass breakups, six interceptions, and then surrendered a, a, a quarterback rating when targeted of only 54.7, which is really, really good. And that was just in 2022, uh, 71 tackles, 19 stops, and, four, and 17 assisted tackles. So really uh, played outstanding last year in 2022. So him being a day three guy is another one of those guys to where it makes sense that if the Saints feel that they need a little bit of help at safety, guys like Quan Martin, guys like Jason Taylor II could absolutely help them out there. All right, so that gets you all caught up on all of the 16 top 30 visits and the ones that you should really, really be paying attention to. Um, and, you know, look, on, on Monday, we're going to get to our predictive mock draft, what we think the Saints will do. I'll also do another what would I do mock draft. And then we'll just continue to get you ready for the, 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 the NFL draft, which is now less than a week away. Make sure you go and check out the uh, Locked On NFL Mock Draft as well. Uh, don't forget that. It's back. It's bigger than ever. You can follow along with all 32 teams' first selections and more in a six-episode ultimate mock draft experience that only Locked On can provide with all of the local experts that you need. All episodes are available now on Locked On NFL Draft on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you go and check that out. As always, y'all, uh, I appreciate you for uh, making Locked on Saints, your first listen of the day. And to all the everydayers out there, can't wait to see you again on Monday. And speaking of everydayers, I want to give a shout out to a very special everydayer, 
uh, my boy, young legend Aries, who's got his first boxing match coming up this weekend. He's been training for a long time. He's going out there. He's getting ready to go and do his thing. Can't wait to hear about the dub, Aries. So make sure y'all let me know how the match goes. But super proud of you, buddy, and can't wait to see uh, how everything works out for you, man. Just go up there, keep him up, keep him up, you know, get it done. The guy says the guy who's never boxed in his entire life before. All right, I appreciate y'all as always for making the show a part of your day and a part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.